Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Horsham Church of Christ. For more information, please visit our website at www.horsham.org.au. Hey, good morning and uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us. It's uh, great to have you with us again, uh, gathering in the scattered form that we are at the moment. Uh, But we're really appreciative that you've taken the time, uh, both on Sunday morning and whenever else you might be joining us and wherever else you might be watching from. Uh, Welcome to our uh, Horsham Church of Christ service this morning. Uh, uh, The next three weeks, we're just doing a, a series called Discuss. Uh, where we're sitting as a panel, and I say sitting as a panel, and we've got one and a half metres distance. We had this idea, and then it all got blown out of the water. So we thought we'd set up differently and everything, and then we've set up differently about six times different again, and come back to the original idea. So, uh, yeah, it could be fun. And it'll be different again next week. It'll be different again next week, yeah, probably, possibly. So it's really weird, kind of, I feel like I've got... Um, Jared and Linda kind of looking behind me, giving me faces <laughs> about what I'm saying. Um, That's anyway. a great idea. Uh, yeah, great idea. You're going to have fun. We've got our coffees. Maybe you've got a coffee, a cuppa. Uh, maybe you're still in your PJs. However you've come, we want to welcome you and uh, thank you for taking the time to join us. This next few weeks is, as I said, a, a discuss series. So that's why Jared and Linda are joining me. Uh, we wanted to discuss, discuss the things that are on your heart, some questions that you might have and see where that wanders. We've had a, a brief conversation. We don't have any great script. Um, I've just got notes about things and thoughts that have been resonating with me and Linda has hers and Jared has his in all our different forms and expressions. So we want to have a conversation for the next period of time. And we invite you to have the conversation with your family, with your friends as well that come up. And uh, this is about growing in faith and making disciples. How do we mature in faith? So we want to invite you to do that. We're not the experts. We're not coming with the final answers. We're coming with um, thoughts and ideas about navigating our way through some of the questions that people have raised as well. So uh, grab your Bibles or grab the U version. I'm hoping I'll write down the texts that we use or someone will remember the texts that we use and we'll put them on U version for you as well. Um, and we certainly already have some questions, but we're not limited to those that we've been given already. Uh, Jared's going to pray. <laughs> and then we're going to... I'm going to ask the first question. Super. I feel like this could be a new career for me. Do you think I could do like Q&A? Absolutely. <laughs> we should just do... Anyway, I'm going to stop you that You should do a podcast. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I should do a lot of things. Yeah. I should pray. Yeah, great. Good yeah. call. Yeah. So, Father, we thank you. Uh, we thank you, first and foremost, that you are God and you are good all the time. Thank you that your love endures forever. Uh, and we find our rest and our hope in you, God. Thank you for this time that we can have together, for the laughter that we've shared and for the conversations that we're about to share, for the people that have asked these questions. Uh, And we just pray for a download from heaven in this moment, Lord, uh, for wisdom straight from the throne room, from your throne room, God. And that uh, as we speak, as people watch this in the days and weeks ahead, Lord, uh, that it will be a blessing to uh, everyone who sees it and hears it. And that this will help facilitate not only conversation, but help deepen relationship, Lord. Uh, and that as we will share that the world will know that we are your disciples because of the way that we love one another. Thank you for your presence here today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, just before we get started, I did want to say too, I know that um, 
we've had a great team of te people doing teaching, um, but also just the diversity of people who come and lead communion and prayer as well and just have got up and stood up in front of the camera and um, done something new with us. So we're really grateful to the body functioning like that. And it's a great opportunity to think about how we can serve and what it is to serve and what opportunities might be for us to serve in the future as well, even if it's not something that we've done in the past. So thank you to all those who have served uh, so graciously and generously. And uh, I don't know if we actually... Got done a shout out to Coxie or not? No, we have not done a shout out to Coxie. Coxie's here every week doing the behind the scenes stuff. Yep. So uh, shout out to David Cox, everyone. So Thanks, David. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got a fist pump for him. Yeah, good. fist pump, yeah. <laughs> he would just love that I've just drawn attention yeah. to him and used his name and everything and uh, yeah. it'll be great. So we'll, we'll yeah. put his Instagram handle up as well. <laughs> oh, he's all over social media. He loves he? it. Yeah, loves, loves it. it. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> this could be the last Thursday he shows up. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all right, yep. So, uh, as we know, like we've talked a lot about the pandemic over the last few weeks, uh, last few months now that it is, has been, uh, but we've also seen a new rising of conversation. This is really hard <laughs> doing it like this, but anyway, um, a new rising of conversation around uh, Black Lives Matter. And so it seems appropriate that we actually start there. It's one of the uh, questions, and it's come in a couple of different ways. Um, and so someone's asked, um, how do you see the church stepping into the Black Lives Matter movement mm. as it now spreads across Australia? Mm. Um, who wants to go first? Linda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee. It's, it's a great question. Mm. Um, well done, whoever raised it. When I first read this question, I suppose I thought about um, the aspect of it being the church, um, both as the church being us as individuals, mm. as well as us, the collective. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of an angle to consider. Um, so how do you see the church stepping into the movement. Mm, so mm. Um, I suppose if we look at it as individuals, because we are the church, mm, um, mm. we're called to be um, individually as the church, it's really important. It's, it's really important that we respond um, to the issue of Black Lives Matter. Um, I, I've been um, confronted by some of the images that have been coming out. Um, I've been, my own thoughts about things have been confronted as well. One of the things I saw, um, I'm not, I'm not a, a big user of Facebook, but I was on Facebook and saw a post. Um, and it was interesting because I'd seen, I'd seen some people saying, um, obviously, Black Lives Matter. And then I saw some people saying, all lives mm, matter. Mm, yep. And I was thinking, well, that's, that's fair enough. Yep. Then I saw uh, one about uh, related to the prodigal son story. Mm. And um, I've, I've printed it out because I didn't want to muck up saying it. So, <laughs> so I'll just read out mm. what it said. It said, the father was waiting there with a big sign, hashtag prodigal sons matter. When the older brother saw it, he was angry, wouldn't attend the party and moped around with his own sign, all sons matter. And the father responded, 
dude, it's not about you right now. It's good. Yeah. It's and I, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. Isn't that really important that we take this opportunity to, to actually understand why it is that this movement is so important and not just dismiss it and not just say, look, you know, everybody's equal. We all need to treat each other the same. Surely, you know, that's what the, you know, doesn't the Bible say that we're, we're all the same, we're all equal. So, so therefore, um, this, this movement, oh yeah, all right, okay, but, but we're all equal. So, but thinking of it in that regard, um, understanding how Jesus responded when mm. he was on earth, practically. Yep. Also having a think about my personal response in more recent years to people with disabilities and understanding that it's not about um, them being treated equally. It's about... Um, it's about equity versus equality. So in order for people to have equity, sometimes they need to be treated um, to, have, to have additional things mm. so, that they, so that it is actually then equitable. Because, because there's, they're already, there's so many things that have already been put in place that are behind the eight ball because of historical treatment, because of... Um, other aspects, cultural things that have been pushed on them as a, as a group. Yeah. <coughs> it's just completely unfair and not, not their responsibility at all. So, yep. absolutely, it's, it's, uh, it's our responsibility as a church mm. To, mm. to step into this individually and then the question of corporately, but I might stop at the individually and ask what... Uh, other people's comments are. Jared, what do you think? <laughs> Throw it over. Hey, don't steal my job. Sorry, Simon. <laughs> Jared, Back what do you, you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's important to highlight the need to address the urgent in, in the moment. Um, and this is the urgent in the moment. It's, it's, in some ways, it's a bit sad that we're responding rather than actually leading the way. Um, when Jesus came to free the oppressed, the broken, the mm. lame, to, to, to rise the dead to life once again, um, and that we've actually, we're responding to a movement that hasn't necessarily started within the church. So, um, and I think in that we need to be mindful of responding from a kingdom mindset rather than actually being reactive and just because it's the latest and greatest trend or because of a movement that started and is now flooding the world as it needs to, that we actually do respond um, with the mindset of the kingdom, with the mindset of all of us made in the image of God, um, fearfully and wonderfully made to reflect his likeness, to reflect his goodness, to reflect his kindness to the world around us and how we actually do that collectively. And I think each church community, the church as a whole needs to respond, but each church community actually needs to have the conversation and figure out how they respond uh, in, this, in this hour to address the fact that black lives do matter and for a long time, for centuries, um, that hasn't, they haven't been treated fairly. Um, they've been treated less than fairly by a long shot. Yeah, and I think one of the things, one of the challenges that 
we face as a community and as a Christian community is that we kind of point to all the things, all the good things that we have done. Mm. You know, I'll, you know, we try to protect or we try to provide or we try to, and why don't they? And I think that sets up a false conversation because it's, it's always us versus them. And I think when we talk about equity, that's always where we get stuck because it's, I don't have that. Why should they have that? You know, and I don't care which group you think about. Um, that's always the dangerous place to end up. And that's like, as I see social media, you know, it, we get into a state of comparison. Mm. You know, oh, there's every generation yep. that's been persecuted. There's every generation that's suffered or their grandparents have suffered. You know, time to get over it. Well, it's been systematic. It's been law. It's been um, generational. It's yep. been family. Like, mm. you can't get over that yep. stuff. Uh, yep. and, and it needs a deeper healing mm than just throwing policy and finance at something. It needs some ownership and some recognition mm. as community, as nation, as mm. who we are. As because I, I think, we, yeah, as the church, mm. you know, and the church has done some great things in it, but the church is, as we've, you know, pick a subject, <laughs> the church has done some great things, but man, we've done some shocking things mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and that's like, I think sometimes we go either or, and actually this is both ends. Yeah. Like it's... Yeah. You can't say all ministers are bad. You can't say all hairdressers are shocking. You can't say all cops are corrupt. Like, Yeah, there's a really um, interesting um, interview that's been posted just last week yep. um, on YouTube that's yep. between um, Dr Anita Phillips and Christine Kane. So yes. uh, if people are interested, I think we'll put a link up mm -hmm. for this interview. Um, it's talking, it's in American context, but when I was watching it, there were a lot of... Mm. Um, similarities to the context for Australia. Um, one of the things that they mentioned, and it was talking about the church and the church's response um, to the Black Lives Matter movement, was talking about how resolution can't happen until the power differentiation is resolved. And I think that's really um, important to understand. Like, we we have to acknowledge that there is a power differentiation here. Explain, yeah, just... Give us a definition of that. Explain that to us. Well, I would What's say... What's a power differentiation? Well, for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, they, they don't have necessarily a voice mm -hmm. everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, they, um, they... It's... And I'm not of that background, so I'm only saying this from what I've seen mm -hmm. and heard, mm -hmm. but... Um, Mis they're misunderstood. Mm -hmm. um, so I was watching a clip from um, on Q&A from Maine White and he was saying that uh, when he tries to um, hail a, a taxi, the taxi driver will look at him and drive straight past, mm -hmm. will not even stop to pick him up mm -hmm. because there's an assumption straight away of who he mm -hmm. is, mm -hmm. what he's done, um, what he might do. Mm -hmm. And so straight away there's a power differentiation even between the taxi driver and Maine who's standing there trying to catch a taxi. And that's the type of thing that we need to understand. That, that, and so Maine was saying that he's given up trying. Mm -hmm. And so he doesn't have the power mm -hmm. to actually try and address the situation anymore. He, he's tried. He said he's tried to hit, like to get change, to, there's, but he's given up. Mm -hmm. And that's where that power differentiation is there. So, so we as white people, we don't realise no. that we have that power because we've never not had it. Mm. Well, and they've just, they've just put out a report, I just saw a, an article today saying the survey, there's three out of four Australians actually have a bias 
towards when you see an Aboriginal person. Like, we've mm. got a natural racist bias. bias. Yeah, like, let's call it yeah. what it is. It's actually a racist bias. Oh, mm. they're not like me. Um, and I think our country has always struggled with this. If you're not like me, how do, I, how do you fit into my paradigm? <laughs> how do you fit into my conversation? Mm. I think, you know, um, on the one hand, we're the country of fair go, but on the other hand, you've got to be like us to get that fair go. <laughs> is that, I don't know, is that... Jared, you talked earlier about the nature of your family and the importance of honouring and recognising that you're part of a family. Mm. But there's times where you need to give attention to one. Yeah, so this week um, I had the privilege to write for the Women and Male Times article for the Christian Ministers Association and just reflected on the fact that I have one wife and four kids and love them all dearly and would, you know, die for any one of them, do anything for, for them. Um, but in particular season when one is hurting or suffering or in pain, um, they get my attention more than the others. And it's not that the others are loved any less or miss out necessarily. It's just that there's one that needs me more than most. Mm. Um, and I think I liken that to Linda's sharing of the, the prodigal son reflection on this, on this movement uh, and on this need, on this being addressed is uh, that for me helped shift my focus because I think in the past, I know in the past that I have been ignorant um, and not understood the plight of black people, not understood how their needs are different to our own and probably have defaulted to the oh, all lives matter, which is mm. just, which is ignorant. But to actually reflect on it and go, actually here is some of God's children who actually have a need that is greater than a lot of other people right now and this needs to be addressed. Mm. And as the church, we've got a responsibility to actually respond and, and uh, help those people in need. And so one of the things that we can do is actually educate ourselves mm. to yep. understand the issue. Mm. And that's, everyone can do that in different expressions in different ways, but, but to actually try and learn about um, our own context, understand our you know, more about the, the history of what happened in this area or what happened in Australia mm. um, to actually understand. Um, I know uh, I, was, I was listening to the radio and there was a story about a town in, in New South Wales and there was a man who said that uh, he was ringing him saying, I went to the protest, I'm, I'm all for what's happening with Black Lives Matter but um, I just can't understand there's a town in, in New South Wales and they've got bars on all the windows, there's so much violence and why can't the Aboriginal people just um, control their children, uh, control their teenagers and young people so that they're, they're not so violent? Why can't they actually stop that? Because there's just so much violence in that town. Mm. And even though he was for the, the, Black, for the Black Lives Matter movement, he was still um, not understanding or finding out why what was happening there. Mm, then someone mm. else rang in uh, a while later and said, I actually lived in that town, worked, worked in that town and found out the history of what was happening there. And there was actually two different uh, tribal areas that were brought in um, because of the stolen generation, made to live there together. They were actually enemies mm. and they were made to live in this town together. Yeah. And it never from the beginning was a harmonious situation. And, and they were torn away from their families, from their homeland and told to live in this place. Mm. Well, if, you're, if you've come from that background of turmoil, of struggle, of being torn away from your family and then you're put together with your enemy, mm. well, no wonder the generations to come mm. will have so much trouble living in this town. But this other man had no idea. 
didn't find out or didn't didn't appreciate the history of that um, and didn't look at what maybe... And it's no use throwing money at that because money would do nothing. Mm-mm. And yeah. we're good at that, aren't we? Well, and that's like we've given to it and we do that in a whole lot of aspects of it. And, I, you know, money's powerful because it can influence a lot of change and bring a lot of change. It can. Um, but also if we're just throwing money without any understanding or yeah. awareness or even heart behind it, mm. like we kind of money absolve us of responsibility. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, you talk about power differential too, like the nature of three white middle-class people yeah. sitting here having this conversation in itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a, a ridiculous conversation, <laughs> isn't it? Like, yeah. you know, what do we actually know? <laughs> Except I think for me to say, I've got to do better at this. Mm. And I know as a senior pastor of the Horsham Church of Christ, you know, I've really uh, wrestled with this for a number of years and I've probably found other things that have kind of interrupted the conversation or I've put the conversation down or I've felt like it's too hard, but I can't do that anymore. Like, it's just, we can't... we. We can't do that. Um, mm. And, you know, and we, and we talk about it being in distant past, but you think about the distant past, you just talk about two, three generations. I had a conversation with someone 12, 18 months ago, and we talk about stolen generations. Now, you, you think about when stolen generations were, what are we saying? Most people would think 1950s, 1950s yeah. as a default. Mm. Yeah. She was taken out of her mother's care in the 80s, wow. 1988, mm. right? Our, you know, so let's not think about this as a in long past, time ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is still affecting my generation. Mm. Like, let's be serious about this. This is, this is um, powerful and it is now. Mm. And if you think about not having your place or your identity, that's what we're dealing with. And if you think about Aboriginal people, uh, not being able to know who they are, they have to fill out a form to identify with a particular group of people, like, and to mm. be stated that it's Aboriginal. I read a, uh, uh, Robert Younger, an Aboriginal artist, uh, he put a post up recently. He said he went into a restaurant um, and he was told, no, not enough room, can't serve you, fully booked out, and then watched three groups. Walk wow. in. I mean, what's like, it's not in the distant past. And we do have to educate ourselves. I think I just looked up a book that I read uh, Growing Up in Australia by Anita Heese, or Hase, I apologise if I get that wrong. H E I S, Growing Up in Australia, is a, is a great book. It's a collection of stories of Aboriginal people and what it meant for them to be growing up in Australia and the challenges they faced. And it's not just the generations have passed. It's people my age and younger as well. Um, so, I, and I think, um, I think we do have an individual responsibility, but I think also that means we're very quick to say oh, it's not my responsibility. Like we might not be at the forefront, but we still have some ownership and mm. responsibility to be involved and challenge our mindsets when we're walking down the street yeah. too. Like... Yep. If, if we take the call of Jesus seriously, how do we see the outcast? How do we see the poor? How do we see the oppressed? How do we see the broken? How do we see the... And we're part of the oppression. Yeah. Is that... Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty strong language, isn't it? But... No, but I, I think you're right. And that's, I think that's the truth that we need to be mindful of and, and aware of is that black people 
not just in America, but in our country and numerous countries around the world, um, and not only have been oppressed, but are oppressed. Mm, mm, that's um, right. And it's not enough to say, well, I haven't oppressed anybody individually. No, but what are we going to do to be part of bringing freedom to those that are oppressed? Mm. And some of that, like just thinking about it now, is that that starts in the home. So what, am I, what are the conversations I'm going to have with my own children, with my own family, to say, what are we going to do to bring freedom to the people that we do encounter, to be a part of moving forward in this rather than just saying, well, it's not our problem. And then if there's something that we see, what is there, a response that um, we may be able to gather others around us to, to think about something that we could do in the community. Yeah, yeah so that's that, right. And then now we, that's where you start talking about the, the church's response, yeah. you know, and to say, well, is there something we can do you know, broader. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that may be, there may be something that we can do and to step into that space. One of the things we, we have done or wanted to do this year was uh, sharing our story. I think the link has been up the last couple of yep. weeks. Um, yeah, and I think the other thing is, you know, the theme for Reconciliation Week was in this together. And mm. I, we like to think of that as truth for uh, Australians, but I don't know that it really is that true. <laughs> Like, we're in this together until actually I don't like that or it makes me uncomfortable, yeah. so I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> while we agree or yeah. while it's distant from us, yeah. while it's kind of out there. Yeah. And, if, you, and if, we, if you're a follower of Jesus, just look up one word throughout the Bible. Look up the word oppression <laughs> um, and see how many times it's mentioned mm. and see how many times um, God actually stands with those who are oppressed and what that means and the call for... Um, people of God to be standing with the oppressed. And, you know, if you go right back to creation and exile and coming out of slavery, God is constantly saying to his people, do not forget where you have come from. And as you remember where you have come from, remember to treat the exile and the foreigner and the outcast and the oppressed Mm. with the grace and the goodness and the kindness and the generosity that I have shown you. I have shown you this, Mm. not just so you can go all warm and fuzzy, but for the blessing of the world. Um, I don't know any other words that we should be looking up in our scriptures. Poverty. Well, well <laughs> oppressed will certainly. You can start there, and then you'll, you'll you can just keep going. Yeah. Justice. Heaps, heaps. Yeah. yeah. On the back of that is we talked earlier about um, like healthy communication and and healthy relationship. In that we seek understanding, not agreement. Mm. Like we might not agree on every aspect as we look into this and and want to be informed. But it's not for us to, you know, say, well, they're wrong and I'm right or I'm wrong and they're right. It's actually like, let's understand what's happening here so that we can be better informed, but be informed to actually be a part of the solution. Yep. And I think if we wanted to measure the individual response, like a good way to do that, like, so for me, again, and maybe for us, white, middle class, pretty safe, pretty comfortable kind of upbringings, What's my first thought when I see someone who doesn't mm. fit my paradigm? Yep. <laughs> and doesn't align with this Luke 4, you know, the spirit of the Lord is, anoint- yeah. is upon me <laughs> yeah. uh, to bring good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, mm. to release the captive, you know, or do we say, oh, it's because of A, B, C and D, you know, that they're like that. Mm. If we're thinking like that, we're probably in trouble, aren't we? Because yeah. I know I have thought like that. Mm. Yeah. If only they did this. Yeah. <laughs> no. Man, I do that a lot. Even in that, just to any kind of question that says, yeah. w- why are they like that? 
like without actually engaging in conversation relationship with that person to seek understanding. Yeah. Then yeah. We've, we're behind already. Yeah. Did you want to say any more about equity and equality? Did you have more to say there or not? Or is it too far back now? That <laughs> <laughs> well, just... Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's really important to, to go through the steps of thinking how can, what is needed to actually um, make this an equitable situation. So um, you can't just assume that everybody is equal to start with. You've actually got to take um, action to make things equal. Um, I just think of this, this image of uh, two people standing watching a, a footy game one's short and the other one's tall they and there's a there's a hedge and they can't the shorter one can't see the mm. footy game because yep. of the hedge yep. so one way you can deal with that is you can give them a box mm -hmm. but um, they can stand on the box and then they can see over the hedge that's giving them a help so that they can see mm. the the footy game but to make it actually equitable is to get rid of the hedge because then, then it's all even. So they don't need a helping thing that, that, Ooh, wow. that makes them feel um, helped. Mm. You actually get rid of the hedge. You get rid of the barrier oh, yeah. so that there's wow. nothing stopping mm. their involvement, full yep. participation. And so that's what that, you know, the, the difference of um, power and control. You've got to remove the object that's stopping that power and control so that there's, there's no barrier. I thought I knew where you were going until you said remove the hedge. <laughs> You've thrown him. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It threw me when I saw it too. So. <laughs> well, I've seen the one where everyone's standing on the same amount of boxes. So yes. everyone's got one box. Yes. So that's equal. It, well, it, yes. But, <laughs> but that's then not you need to equity. give yes. the second or the shorter person two boxes. Yes. yes. Um, so they can see over the fence because they still, still can't. But it's yeah, it's giving so, them well, a helping hand and they don't. It's, yeah. That's, that's and, actually not helping. And I imagine, like, in my mind, no, we can't remove the hedge. No, we can't remove the fence. You know, yeah. so-and-so built that. So-and-so planted that. You know, mm. we've looked after that hedge for 55 years. <laughs> is it useful anymore? Mm. You know? And no, is it actually, actually a barrier that's yeah, stopping somebody barrier, yeah. from participating? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I th one of the other things that came uh, out of the Christine Kane and Dr. Anita Phillips conversation um, Dr. Anita Phillips says, members of the body have been wounded again and again, but we are more interested in talking about doctrine more than we talk about body. And I, for like, yeah. Are we talking about doctrine? Are we talking about the way that we operate? Or no, not even the way that we operate, the way that I operate. <laughs> or are we talking about body and life and hope and mercy and grace. Mm. It's, yeah. Did you have any other thoughts or not? No. No. That's like... <laughs> go we along with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we know, like, there's more to be please, done. we're not saying <clears throat> here is the answer. No. Yeah. We're trying to give, respond to your question, scratch an itch and respond, but it's not, we're not experts. Mm -hmm. Because um, we have not suffered uh, as others have suffered or experienced as others have experienced as well. Um, in the same way, but different. Will we go here or not? Will we go to the second question or not? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, you're ready to go? I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, what is the role of a Christian on the internet seeking to apply wisdom when they are confronted with conspiracy theories? Um, and they, spoke, they gave a number of examples about 
conspiracy theories, which also led to um, issues of race and racism. Um, who wants to kick that one off? Jared. Get off the internet. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> oh, man, it just... I'm internet weary <laughs> in this season. Um, so choosing what we read? Yeah, absolutely. I, like wisdom, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, James, the book of James says, ask God, ask the Father for wisdom and he gives it freely. Um, which I think is sound advice in any and every situation and try not to be too pithy with that. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think it, like we've talked about with Black Lives Matter and, and exercising some wisdom and, and looking to be in relationship and move forward in, in that conversation, I think it's the same with anything that we engage in, you know, conspiracy theory, um, whatever the post might be, whatever the, the topic might be, to actually exercise some wisdom. Even do we actually need to start engaging in that conversation online? Because I don't know about anybody else, but I haven't seen too many engagement, too many conversations no. on social media and the internet where yeah. somebody disagrees and the, other, the original poster goes, oh, do you know what? That was a really <laughs> valid point. Oh, I'm going to change my ways because you've corrected me on Instagram or Facebook. I've, I think once I know of that I've seen that. Um, I don't, like it just seems void of relationship and seems really unhealthy. It just becomes like a, a cesspool of people being argumentative and more bitter and people getting more and more grounded in what they believe, whether that's right or not. Um, but does that mean, Jared, that we don't do anything at all if people are raising things that we believe are false? If, we, if we've got a relationship with that person or if they are from the body of Christ? Well, if I have a relationship with a person and I see something that I don't think is in line with them being a person of faith online, depending on what it is, I don't necessarily feel that I'm going to correct them online because um, I don't feel like that engages in conversation with them and I don't feel like that necessarily honours them either because, of, because stuff typed on a screen lacks tone and then they don't actually it's more difficult for me to actually convey the love that I have for that person and my desire to, um, dare I say, rebuke them in a godly manner, mm. depending on the relationships, the relationship mm. that I have with them, to actually say, do you know what? That wasn't a, a healthy post. That wasn't great. I'm not sure why you typed that. And, to, and they might actually say, oh, this is why I posted it. This is what I meant. And then I can say, well, it lacked the tone that you were wanting to convey. And so if I've got relationship with them, I would rather do it face-to-face or via a conversation <clears throat> excuse me, rather than right there in the post. If I don't have a relationship with them, um, I don't feel it my duty to correct them because it just gets lost. Mm. Like it, it generally doesn't serve a purpose whatsoever. So I'd rather just not be a part of the conversation. Well, on social media too, you just get dumping like it, you know, oh, how dare you say that? So then you've got this whole other community that you barely know. Mm. <laughs> so getting involved on... Um, Social media. I think we do need to get a bit braver about calling stuff out mm. face-to-face with people that we do know and love too. So whether that's in our life groups or in our friendship groups to say, how do you think that's really the most helpful thing to say? Mm. Like, I don't know that we're very good at doing that. We tend to kind of, oh, that's just the way they are. Oh, we got we got to like <laughs> stamp that out. Mm. I don't know what image to use, but 
just we're actually called to be a transformed people, a transforming people, a holy people, Peter writes. You know, mm. we, you are called to be holy because, not because the minister is, not because of what you've done. Mm. You are called to be yeah. holy. Why? Because that's the nature of God. That's right. Yep. Um, and so what does that look like and how do we do that um, is a challenge for all of us. And, and more so now because we talk about, you know, we talked earlier about, you know, to love God, love others. And we want to be loving, which means, oh, well, I can't disagree with them because mm. I want to be loving. <laughs> like, well, actually, I can is. disagree, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, I was looking before at um, Philippians um, mm. chapter 4. It, it talks about two women that I'm not going to pronounce. Um, <laughs> Go on, have a crack. No, I'm not. <laughs> you could look it up yourself. Um, <laughs> Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 2. And it says that uh, to plead with these two women to be of the same mind in the Lord. So obviously they've got a disagreement. Like there's something that they don't agree dis- don't agree with Mm. Um, and it and it's calling out it's uh, asking the church to um, to help these women since they've they've been at the side of of the cause of the gospel to help them Mm. to reconcile and help them you know to to um, to work things out so I think it that's that's a really important but then it, it goes on after that and and that's one of the really important things about the word isn't it not just to take things out of context and just pick one thing and and sometimes these these conspiracy theories are really good at just picking one thing and holding it but you need mm. to read the context and so to keep going it's talking about you know to rejoice in the lord always and and about the gentleness and then and then in verse 8 it says finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things and i think that's 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 like the crux of, okay, so there's these two people that have got this issue, they've got a difference and it's important to get that resolved mm. because it's taking away their focus. Yeah. It's taking away their yeah. focus on what's the really important thing. Mm-hmm. The really important thing is our relationship with God. It's whatever is true, whatever is right, whatever is worthy and, and to love God mm. and our relationship with God. And so, you know, it's bringing us back to that mm. And so with all of these theories, okay, we can investigate them. That's okay. But let them not distract us from what is the the true and pure and holy thing, um, our relationship with God, and to be encouraging each other, to be drawing back into that and to um, encouraging each other in our relationship and to be, um, yeah, accountable with each other. Mm. That's really the right word, isn't it? Um, To be saying, hey, I think you're getting a little down that wormhole. Mm. Come back. Yep. Um, that's 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 um, distracting you. Yeah, and I can see that it's uh, not not necessarily going to be judging one way or the other, mm. but it's 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 causing a, a difficulty in your relationship with God that I see I can see um, because you're spending your whole day on social media, or you're spending you know you're writing so many posts, and, and it's it's taking time away from your family. It's taking time away from mm. from your time with God. It's that's not true. That's that's not holy, and that's not you know that's that's what our role can be in that yeah. sort of situation. Mm. I, and I think the challenge is because even as Christians, we get oh the end of the world's coming. You know Jesus is returning. Yeah, well Paul wrote believed that too. You know mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, so if we believe that and we know the end of the story, 
what are we actually pointing to in mm. the midst of that? Um, because even Jesus said, Matthew 24 and any of the Gospels where this is raised, you know, don't, get, don't get hung up about the day and the hour. Keep living faithful lives. Yeah. Are you prepared and are you demonstrating love to your neighbours, to your friends? You know, again, coming back to the call of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, you know, what's, how do we do that in a way? You know, because I think sometimes we operate out of fear and inviting people into a relationship with God because of fear. You know, the end of the world's coming. Get yourself right. And we might talk about that next week. Um, rather than, hey, you know, God loves you and God wants to know you and God already does know you and we're all made in his image. What does that look like mm. to live that out fully mm. and in a way that gives life to others as well, let alone to ourselves as well? So I think I'm, I'm trying to work out what is it that I can, what is it I'm pointing to? Mm. Uh, what is it that I'm expressing? And am I, as a person of faith, still communicating good news through the... Rabbit Warren mm. of conversation at the moment. Yep. Is that, yeah. Um, maybe that's, uh, then I feel bad because maybe that's just too simplistic, but oh, I don't know. I'd, man, I think we need something simplistic at the moment. Yeah, yeah. One of the, like Romans 14 talks about, you know, to one person, Sabbath is a particular day. Yeah. To another person, Sabbath is every day. To one person, they can eat meat and that's okay. Another person, yeah. they'll only eat vegetables and that's there, okay. Like there are some things in our lives that if, as followers of Jesus, we can actually engage in and for it to not you know, affect our, our salvation or our walk with Jesus. Our walk with Jesus should actually affect those things and yep. should be impacted mm. by our life in, in Jesus. So some people can look at these conspiracy theories and get enthusiastic about them and have conversations and do all the research and go, this is fantastic. But then they're rock solid in their faith and they know that, all these other things are just theories that they don't need to get caught up in. Somebody else can read one conspiracy theory and all of a sudden that is greater than the gospel mm. in their own lives. Mm. So we actually need to be wise stewards of what we're feeding ourselves. I don't mm. care for conspiracy theories. I've, I've got a friend of mine um, and he's a follower of Jesus, loves horror movies. And you know he's, he's got some <laughs> really solid reasoning on why that's okay and why that works. And he can watch them and be entertained by them I cannot watch horror movies. No. Like, do me no good whatsoever. Yeah. Um, is he any less a follower of Jesus because he watched? No, but he actually knows where that sits in his relationship with Jesus. I think with conspiracy theories, again, with anything on the internet, we need to be thinking through that and apply some wisdom yeah. in what we take in. And even with your friend's example, <laughs> don't use that as a, oh, that's my permission to totally. go and pursue that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? If it's not good for you or, you know, it distracts your relationship with God or affects your relationship yeah. negatively with others, yeah, it's not for you. Yeah. Um, or don't take poor behaviour. I think the other thing that Paul writes in Corinthians is, um, is uh, everything's permissible. <laughs> you can go do whatever you like. There mm. you go. There's permission for you. You can go and do whatever you like. Not everything's beneficial. Mm. And I think that's... You know, that's again coming to the individual and collective, you know, back where we started as well. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, interesting. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be in another conversation. I don't know what the set will be next week <laughs> or how. Better. We'll look. Uh, I'm grateful for editors. Um, 
May you know the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ in the days ahead. May you find your rest in him above all else. Whatever you face, whatever challenges, whatever joys, whatever hopes you have, may you know the grace and the peace and the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because all that we talk about is wanting to point to the good news of Jesus, the gospel, the restoration of a relationship with God through Jesus, his life, death and resurrection. Um, so... We'd love you to join us again next week. Continue the conversation. Uh, send in questions. Uh, we've got two weeks left. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Blessings, friends.